Alex? I'm here. What's the talk, fellas? 10 4, 10 4. I copy. Now I'm ready to go. AB, AB. All right, listeners, we are back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second Social Com podcast. We really appreciate all the support that we've been getting thus far, and we are super driven to keep delivering on some engaging content. Uh, this podcast tonight is going to feature three of the social executives that you guys have met, uh, Matt, Lucas, and Alex. And for our next podcast, podcast number three, we are going to feature a super cool guest. So stay tuned. Um, so we just wanted to start off with kind of giving you guys a recap of what we've been up to since the last podcast, because that was almost three weeks ago. So Lucas, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks for coming back to our second podcast of many. It's been a long month, I would say. Uh, Thanksgiving just passed, so I actually was home for a week. I came back to Orlando last night. My flight was actually at 4.40 p.m. It got delayed till around 11, so I got back to my apartment at around 2 in the morning, and I had work at 8, so that's it's been pretty brutal today. I'm pretty tired, but <laughs> we had to record today. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about some cool stuff. Alex? Yeah, 100%. What's up, Com? This is your boy, AB. Uh, over the last few weeks, I have been uh, in the grind studying for finals. I have finals on the 9th, 11th, and 13th. And once that's over with, uh, we're going to have a great winter vacation uh, filled with lots of content. And uh, hopefully a new podcast coming out right after finals wrap up. Thank you, boys. All right. Um, I guess another little update. So Lucas, um, as you mentioned, was home for Thanksgiving week, and we had a night out in New York City. Shout out Haley Cohen for her birthday. We had a really good time. Shout out um, her dad for the free drinks. Come on. Shout out her it. dad. Yo, always, it's always fun a bar in New York with people's parents. Like, Yo, Molly, Lucas and I, I mean, Alex and I went to one with uh, with Millie's parents, and it was honestly mad fun. Like, parents low-key turn up in New York. Yeah, well, like, $8 to us right now is kind of a, it's kind of hard to toss <laughs> up $8 at a bar, but to a dad, it's like, you know what? I'll fork over 50 people's drinks for the first round. That's exactly what happened. Like, the, the, the bartender kept, like, updating him on how much the tab was. He was like, no, nah, we're good. One more round. One more round. <laughs> um so yeah so that was a good time i mean listen like lucas was home in jersey we had to make it happen um we miss our boy down in orlando but we know that he's killing it um and then so all that leads right into thanksgiving week um so we hope that everyone listening had a really good thanksgiving filled with uh family friends and some good food um and we just kind of wanted to give you guys a little update about our thanksgiving week so first thing a uh, day or two before Thanksgiving, I had the chance to meet uh, the one and only Gary V at his uh, his father's wine library, which is in Springfield, New Jersey. And that was just uh, a super cool experience. And when I met him, um, I asked him if he would be on our fifth podcast, because apparently he says yes, if you ask him to be on uh, your fifth podcast. And he said it's actually the 55th. So we promise. Well, that so let's let, let's slow down for a second. He does not say yes if you ask him to be on your fifth podcast. His <laughs> That's favorite. What you told number, me. That's what you told fit, me. Well, I, I did have to make it very believable, but his 
his favorite number is number five. And so um, if you ask him and it has to do with the number five, um, he will do it. Um, And so like Skolnick said, he agreed uh, to to the social comp podcast uh, for number 55. Yeah. As you guys can tell in most of his Instagram pictures, when he poses, he holds up his hand to the side and five's his lucky number and his favorite number. So Gary, we'll see you in 43 podcasts. 43. 43. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Also, shout out, shout out D-Rock. Um, I had the chance to meet D-Rock too, who's a, who's a very like inspirational and smart dude. Um, and I told him exactly that. And he told me that he really appreciates it because he's kind of like the behind the scenes guy. Um, but he's just like, obviously like a really good dude. So yeah, so that'll be really cool. Hopefully we will, um, we'll have Gary on one day. That'd be pretty sweet. So, all right. Um, Lucas, why don't you start and tell us, uh, what you do for Thanksgiving? Also maybe give a little background about like how your family, uh, your family recently moved. Yeah. Um, I had a nice Thanksgiving. It was very low key. Usually we're in Florida at this time with the entire fam, my mom and my dad's side. But this year, uh, my aunt and uncle were in Florida and my family was back in Jersey. My mom actually had surgery this morning. She got her hip replaced and it was a textbook surgery. So she's doing much better. She actually, five minutes ago, texted me a TikTok link. And, uh, <laughs> that's how updated my mom is on today's world. But it was nice. My mom cooked for all of us and great turkey, great stuffing. You know how it is. Thanksgiving food's just so relaxing and like it's just so satisfying. I mean, especially when it's home cooked. And my brother was back from school. Besides that, it was pretty relaxing. Shout out Derek. Shout out Derek. Shout out, Derek. Shout out Big D. And uh, it was nice to see the fam. My grandma just moved down the shore to be near my mom and my dad. So everything's going well with the Maulers and the Schwartzes. My mom's maiden name, but you know what it is. How about you, Baron? What'd you do Thanksgiving? Um, that sounds like a really solid time, Muller. I'm glad to hear also that your mom is doing great. Um, my Thanksgiving was great. Uh, my family, uh, my brother Blake came home, um, from Syracuse. He actually came home, uh, like quite a bit early from Thanksgiving, just due to the fact that the university of Syracuse doesn't know how to really control their students or events that go on there. Um, but so he came back, I was super excited to have him for an extra week, um, it definitely kept me motivated to keep on studying so I can chill with him and Spencer after we went to our, uh, cousins, uh, who live on the upper West side. Um, and it's always great seeing them. And if we want to segue right now into my favorite part about Thanksgiving, which is the best food that we ate, I got to start us off and say that brisket <laughs> hands down is the motherfucking best food. Um, brisket. Oh my gosh. Fuck turkey. Do, do I, you I also care. okay? Do you also have turkey or do you? Oh, of course we have turkey. Brisket? Of course we have turkey. But here's the way I think about it: because like I'm a huge grilled chicken guy, huge turkey like cold cuts guy. I eat turkey about like four to six times a week as it is for <laughs> like a meal. So like I, I, I that's I a lot of just, that's a lot of turkey. Well, to be honest, like I I don't know if there's anyone out there that likes doing this, but I like taking like two like slabs of like turkey cold cuts and then like one slab of like monster cheese and then like making like rolls out of them because like you well not like rolls like with bread like you like roll it up just like a little like little J, um and yeah I, I mean I, I just I love brisket brisket's great um no, actually I, I like brisket too and I this is like another thing that I want to talk about like 
turkey is definitely very overrated. Like so yeah, overrated. Like, like, I like I uh, like not I that like, good. I like turkey deli meat like every now and then. Like definitely not as much as you, Alex. But <laughs> like besides Thanksgiving, I would never like if I could like choose what would be my meal. I like turkey would probably be like the twenty fourth thing on my list. <laughs> I definitely concur with that. I mean, you eat turkey because it's part of the tradition. It's part of the holiday. But when else do you see someone put a massive turkey in the oven and bake it for five hours? Never. Literally, it's the only time of year that it's acceptable. But you know what? I guess we just got to do it for tradition's sake. But to be honest, like when I'm older, I think that I'm going to probably, you know, switch it up a little bit and get some new foods in there. Also, a super underrated thing that I don't know if you guys have at your Thanksgiving, but my mom makes this delicious like broccoli and cheese casserole. Oh, and that that's like literally one wonderful. of my favorite things. I mean, obviously, like the mashed potatoes, you just douse that shit in gravy. Like, absolutely yeah, but you fire. also got the sweet potato mash. No, right. You're right. I fuck with sweet potatoes heavy. And also, I do just want to say this. Uh, I have not fact-checked it, but it was a table topic this year that supposedly the Pilgrims had lobster on the first Thanksgiving. And in fact, it was not uh, like turkey. turkey. <laughs> um, so I'm listeners the out there, do your, do your research. Let us know if we're correct or wrong. But like, I, I would definitely attend any Thanksgiving that they're like, yo, we're going to have 16-pound lobsters. Uh- Another rumor, 100%. I don't know if it's true, but turkey supposedly has melatonin in it. I don't know. If you, I don't <laughs> that was a that was a little topic of discussion at my Thanksgiving table. Speaking of topics of discussion, so this year my for the first time ever, we actually didn't do a sit-down meal, and that's because my whole family, my mom's side, is from Buffalo and the Bills were playing the Cowboys um during like when our dinner would be. But in years past, my dad um, would always make us go around the table and say what we're thankful for. So, uh, Lucas and Alex, I want to take this time to uh, ask the age-old Thanksgiving question. Because, I mean, Thanksgiving is, you know, obviously about spending time with family. Um, but also just, like, I think it, I think it really is a good time to just, like, know and kind of self-reflect uh, and think about what you're thankful for. And, like, this year I didn't have the chance to do that, so this podcast is, you know, giving me the, giving me the, the chance to think about that. But I want to ask you guys, um, like, what's some stuff that, that you're thankful for on this, uh, on this Thanksgiving? Yeah, this is a great question, and I think that everyone's answers are always pretty similar because, for me, I would say I'm most thankful for my family and friends because my parents are just so supportive of me. Everything I do, they always have my back. And without my parents, I don't know where I would be right now. I mean, they're the reasons I got into a good college and the reason I'm working right now. I mean, without them, who knows where I'd be. I'd probably be a Fortnite streamer. I also uh, <laughs> I also uh, love my dogs and my brother. He's my best friend. So, yeah, I'm thankful love for it. everyone. Love it. That's nice. I mean – the thing about when we go around at the table or when we used to, like, it would always get so sad because, like, people would just, like, you know, like, with my, you know, parents' parents and, you know, people getting older and, unfortunately, passing away. And it was always just, like, a super emotional thing. So, I'm honestly kind of happy that this year we did it. We just kind of got to watch football and, like, it was all more good vibes than, than super emotional. 100%. I, I'd have to say, you know, First things first, I'm super thankful for my health, my family's health, and uh, my friend's health. Um, 
I really am super thankful for the family support that I've had over the years, not only just for my parents, my two brothers, but for my aunt and uncle uh, and my cousin. Um, I got to say also just the loving friends and the relationships that we were able to create and foster over the last four years of being at Penn State uh, is just incredible. And lastly, I'd say like I'm really thankful for the passion that I have uh, with like live performance and entertainment, uh, whether, you know, it started with theater and kind of has morphed into something much larger than that. And, uh, I'm just really thankful that I have something to go towards and something that I'm just, it doesn't even feel like work. I just love doing it. Cool. Good, good shit guys. Yeah. And so for me, I would say the first thing that comes to mind, um, especially like recently in my life is just kind of what, similar to what you guys said, but really just having like supportive parents, um so i think i'm going to mention this in the last podcast i'm not sure but i basically like super last minute decided that i wanted to do a master's program um and rather than kind of like you know question that or you know just kind of not be okay with that like my parents kind of trusted me and were really supportive of the direction that i wanted to go in and they and they trusted me um which is which is really big and that's i'm just like so grateful that i have parents that um that support kind of like whatever i want to do in life um whether that be going to work masters and and all that other stuff um and i'm also super thankful for the relationship that i have with my extended family um i remember like a big topic that would always come up at the thanksgiving table is like that we have a really big family and we're lucky for that because not everyone has that both of my parents are one of four um so i have a lot of aunts and uncles cousins and you know we're very close and so i'm super super thankful for for that relationship that i have with them because i know that not everyone has that and i'm really uh i'm definitely really thankful uh for that um all right, so that was that was pretty serious, but I wanna nice I wanna Yeah, no, good good stuff, boys. Um so moving right along on kind of that like self reflection type of thing. Uh tonight is Monday, December second, and so that means that there are less than thirty days left in this decade. Um, wow. which is which is it's pretty absolutely crazy. wild. Yeah, because I mean this decade is like it's like Everything that we that we're gonna remember, like, kind of happened in this decade, um, high school and college, obviously, and that's just like pretty fucking crazy. So the first question that I want to ask you both is, what do you guys think is the coolest thing that you did um, in this decade? That's a great question, and I would say the coolest thing I did in this decade was probably camping on the Great Wall of China. Not only did I climb up the mountain for around five hours but i was able to pitch a tent and cook our food on top of the mountain and i actually uh, got to sleep in like a watchtower so i mean a picture says a thousand words having these pictures on my phone is so cool just to reflect and see what i did but that experience was just like none other um, so how does it how does that even work lucas like where do you start and like are there a lot of other people doing that like i want to fucking do that so like we did it with with a group of people we did it through a tour a tour company and a lot of the, the Great Wall of China has been restored um, to make it easier to walk on. Mm-hmm. However, like there's, a, like there's it, a trail or like a path? It's not really a trail. I mean, they just kind of restore the wall. They like they restore the bricks. And uh, do you know any history about like what the Great Wall is? Uh, yeah, I do. But let me finish my story and then I'll talk about that if you want. But yeah, yeah no, of course. Um, we just kind of did it with a tour company and we just 
went to like a more um, quiet area of the wall where no one really camps or hikes because it's not as restored. It's pretty much just how it's been over the years and how uh, it all caves in. So it was pretty cool just to climb up and uh, kind of pave our own path through the forest. It wasn't like we were going through a trail. It was just us climbing the wall, how it naturally set over the years. And we brought our tents on our backs with our cushions and our food. And we, we brought a little uh, thing for the fire to start it, like a little propane tank. And we cooked our food, made some tea, and uh, had a great night. We had a bonfire and we all just talked. So that was really cool. Probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. That's fucking sick. Yeah, that sounds I absolutely think, incredible. It really sounds whatever, incredible. Whenever I think of the Great Wall of China, I think of like the Karate Kid. <laughs> Mario, isn't, there, like, think... pretty, isn't there like a scene in the movie where he's like training like on the Great yeah. Wall? <laughs> I, I think, that, I think that the Great Wall camping experience is just sounds incredible, and it's something yeah. that I hope that Matt and I get to experience. And it would only be a plus if you were uh, be the, the yeah, person dude, who facilitated we, we it. Back. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go back with you guys, but I'm only speaking Chinese the entire time. The, I'm so okay with that. That's I'll, fine. I'll at least I leave. Uh, yeah, I'll that. leave the country with like some sort of an understanding of. Oh, how you to guys get to already know a lot of Chinese. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, right. it's all bad <laughs> words. <laughs> I could say my name is. That's about it. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, what's up, Ningzo Alex? Your accent's on point, too, bro. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Lucas, it's honestly pretty impressive, like, how good your Chinese is. I mean, like, you live there, but, like, Chinese is just such, like, a different language. Like, you know, we grow up learning, like, Spanish or French. And so, like, yeah, my Spanish is fine. But, like, you let, you really, like, immerse yourself and, like, completely, like, know the language. Yeah, that's very true, but I haven't used it in so long, so it's just, right, yeah, I'm whenever, so rusty. Exactly, right, right, I feel that with Spanish, like, there was the, the other day I was talking to someone in Spanish, um, this guy at a restaurant, and, like, I just, like, forgot most of it, but honestly, he said I was pretty good, so. Yeah, but you know what confident. happens? If you go back to, to Spain, one month you're there, and you're already back to where you were. If I went back right, to China. that's true. I would start like where I ended off. It wasn't like I, I wouldn't go back with no knowledge. I mean, I'd go back with like years and years of practice and it would just come right back to me pretty fast. Right. And the interesting thing about, sorry, Alex, and then I'll let you go. The interesting, uh, the interesting thing about Barcelona is that they actually speak Catalan there, which is more similar to French than Spanish. Um, so it's kind of like a Spanish dialect, but it's actually very different than like the traditional Spanish that we learn um, that we learn in school. All right, so Alex, what is uh, what's the coolest thing that you uh, did this decade? Well, I'm gonna go into that, but a quick, just like short story about Lucas uh, speaking and using it in real life. You know, going back to his point really quickly about how he said that uh, you know if you don't use it in real life and like after like a few weeks or after a while, like you lose it. Um, I will never forget in early 2018, I was sitting at the dim sum house in New York city with myself, Lucas Mahler, our friend Bennett helper uh, and his good friend, Jeremy Knopf shout out to Jeremy. Um, and I'll just never forget that I couldn't understand a single word on that menu. And I didn't know if I was ordering like pig's feet um, <laughs> and Lucas and Jeremy, both of them speak Mandarin. And uh, let's just say like, like without saying too much, they absolutely took care of it, and it was probably one of the best Asian uh, cuisine meals that I've had like in my life. 
or at least in this decade. Um, so yeah. Um, That's fine, dude. Asian food is so good. And I've, uh, I honestly really fuck with ramen recently. And I think Baron, don't we want to, don't we want to, we, we got, we got, we, we got, we got, we got something in the works. We got something in the works with ramen. Uh, and I think that, uh, it's just so fucking good and it's so it, filling. Yeah. And Toto is unbelievable. Um, but something that I would say <laughs> was the, <laughs> I, I segueing into, uh, one of the, what I think was the coolest thing I got to do from 2010 to 2019. Um, in 2014, I started really getting into producing. Um, and I got an opportunity to produce a show, uh, in New York city. Um, but honestly, I, I, I really want to change my, I, I want to change my thing. Actually. I, I thought that it was going to be the show that I produced off Broadway, but I have to say it, and it's around the time of Thanksgiving and someone that I'm super grateful uh, for and the opportunity that I've gotten. I got the opportunity through Penn state uh, in my senior year of high school to work uh, as uh, on the social media management team for Hamilton before it even opened on Broadway. And so for the listeners at home, uh, that was definitely the coolest experience that I had in uh, this decade. Yeah, Baron's basically a beast. Um, Alex, my question relating to that is um, because like literally everyone that I meet when your name comes up and like theater comes up, I'm like, yeah, I have a friend that actually worked on the social media for Hamilton. Do you think that Hamilton has a chance to be like one of the longest running Broadway shows ever? well so i think i think that's like a good question um but what is it what is it now what is it right now like what do you mean by what is it now like it's it's running it's running on broadway they just (laughs) they just uh are announced that they're closing the chicago uh sit down uh for a little bit uh it's on tour Uh, they have a uh, production in london um I, i i think that it's it's a it's the rent of this uh, decade, definitely hands down. Uh, and we're so glad that uh, the writer Lin-Manuel is still with us and he's writing more uh, to just quick shout out. I saw on Twitter earlier tonight that he tweeted a gif of him uh, diving in. Is that how you say it? That's how you, I, think it's a, I think it's gif. It I think it's gif. It's gif. Okay. So he I tweeted a gif. gif, tweeted a gif that, um, was like I'm diving in and writing wish me luck um and I just I think that it's incredible what uh what he does but just to speak more on your question of whether I think it's going to be the most successful show um it's pretty hard to like measure that just because you know the show like Phantom of the Opera opened in 1988 and it's the longest running uh musical Chicago I don't recall off the top of my head when it first opened but it's the longest running American musical on Broadway um, but we're changing and the, the technology is changing the way that Broadway makes money, changing the way that brands are built. And so for someone to ask, will it be the most successful Broadway show? I, I think that they should almost take out the descriptor word of Broadway and just say the musical, um, uh-huh. just because I think that it's so much more than just the industry of 500 seat theaters and above uh, within New York. I think that it's become a worldwide phenomenon and really allowed people to be interested in musical theater that would not have been interested in it before also if you haven't seen the show i highly recommend seeing it there's also a lottery that happens every day you could apply for free tickets i do it every single day if you're not right, doing my, it it's just dumb wait, it's my just cousin dumb. does that all the time yeah it's every single day you just apply your name into the lottery and there's a good there's like a 
there's not a high chance, but there's a chance you could win free tickets to see Hamilton. Dude, my cousin wins. So it. My cousin wins a lot. If you look into if, that. if you do it if every you win, day, I feel like if you win, I believe the tickets are ten dollars and they are front row seats. Uh, when the show first opened and it became apparent to the producers and the rest of the team that it was going to be the hit that it is, uh, they took out all the front row seats uh, from public sale and uh, those seats are given out. Wow, that's cool. Um, I didn't know for that. For $10. If you, yeah. if, you guys, uh, if you guys haven't realized by now, Alex is an encyclopedia of theater <laughs> knowledge. Um, okay, let me, let's get back because we have a couple other cool topics that we want to talk about, but I would say that the coolest or like I would change this to like kind of one of the most satisfying things that happened during this decade was when my family and cousins visited me in Barcelona and I basically took them on a couple of days long tour and just showed them kind of the entire city. And like the reason that that was such a special experience for me was because I was able to kind of talk about the city and its history like so well as if I had lived there honestly like I learned a ton about it um in school and I was really like passionate about learning about the history and the dictatorship and and all that kind of followed with the Olympics and so just like being in this incredible country with my family um was like a really really special experience for me that um that I'm super super grateful that I was able to uh to experience that um, and I would love to go back one day. I would love to go visit some random ass cities with Lucas and Alex one day. But I'm super confident that uh, that we're going to do that one day, and we're gonna we're gonna make some good content for you guys, for sure. Yeah, we'll do it. It'll happen. So moving right along, this is now going to be the time for our tech and business discussion. Um, Alex, I want to talk about uh, Facebook with you. So what's what's going on with Facebook? All right, so the two things that is going on right now with Facebook that uh, is relatively new this week. Um, so they updated their crisis response tools um, by adding the WhatsApp integration. And so for the viewers at home that don't know what crisis response tools are, if you ever get a notification on Facebook, this one marked themselves safe from this disaster or this um, like incident that happened. Um, Facebook is really trying to make a better effort at allowing the platform to serve as kind of a um, line of security so that family and friends that you don't talk to on a daily basis um, are, are um, able to keep it, uh, keep in touch. Um, but yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, the crisis tools are, are really, really great way for people to make sure that they tell family on the other side of the globe that they're good uh, as well as on a more, um, you know, tech, tech base note with data, uh, Facebook just uh, released their data portability tool in Ireland, uh, which not to get too into it, we're actually going to have someone come on the podcast in a few uh, podcasts from now to really talk in depth with tech. Um, but uh, the data portability tool is going to allow uh, seamless integration and transfer of data between Apple, Facebook, Google, all the top big tech giants that have gotten behind it. And so it's going to really allow for more seamless integration of your data between these platforms. Moving quickly on to Amazon to keep us going for time purposes, um, for all the musicians out there, AWS just announced a deep composer. It's basically a, um, a mini MIDI keyboard that has like mini MIDI keyboard that has 
um, a few uh, add-ons than what a normal keyboard would have with buttons, uh, just so you can control it from there from that interface. But what's actually cool about it um, would be the uh, automatic kind of AI le- machine learning for uh, developers and people who are um, who are using it. And so it allows you to kind of create songs using artificial intelligence. Haven't looked too much into it, but I have heard some of the interesting music that was made with it. And lastly, with Amazon, they just debuted the automatic speech recognition service, which basically is the Amazon transcribed for medical, uh, which is going to uh, further enable doctors all across the world to communicate with their patients in a better way when there's a language barrier in between us. And to go on to what Skolnick's next question is going to be, which is what are our thoughts on Alexa listening to us? Personally, <laughs> it's you're, you're buying the product. Don't use it. If they're, if they're like, in my opinion there, what I will say, which is a, something that happened about three hours ago, I was texting my friend, Brett Bile, who's very close with all of us. And I was telling him, you got to get this thing called the instant pot. It, it's basically a slow cooker, but like makes meat like really quickly. It makes like, uh, like eggs, like all different things. And after we had the conversation, he texted me like, yo, what the actual fuck? And sent me a screenshot of his first Instagram story ad that he got. And it was straight up Bed Bath & Beyond Instant Dude, that's Pot. creepy. <laughs> Dude, that happens all the time. Like, Because I'm they're checking you guys, your texts. They yo, come to your texts. And I'm just not chill with that. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think that it's a little bit too much. And like, I, th- I literally think that I mentioned this either in the last podcast or I had an assignment for school. Like this shit happens way too much. Like I will talk about something or text with someone about a product. And then that exact product comes up on my Instagram. And I don't, yeah, I don't, weird. I don't want that. Like I was uh, buying I'm, an Xbox I'm controller today. I wanted to buy an Xbox controller because my, my other one broke and all my ads on my phone and my computer and my work computer are all for Microsoft and getting the Black Friday deals for Xbox controllers. I mean, are are they listening to me? Are they watching me? Who knows? But I'm still using their products, so I can't really. I mean, exactly. And like, Alex, you know, I, totally, I totally, I totally understand your point of view that like, if you're buying the product, like, you know, what are you expecting? But I want to be able to use the Amazon Alexa, but I don't want all these targeted ads showing up on my phone because I think that it's straight up creepy, and I just am not okay with it. But I mean, I do understand like, you know, I, I've learned in I've learned, you know, throughout college and, and afterwards just about how much data these companies have on us and, you know, how they sell it. Facebook, Amazon, you know, they're, they're trying to create a better, um, you know, user experience for us. But I just think that it really has gotten to a point where it feels like an invasion of privacy. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on that. But you know, let's also just not forget that we're the ones using it and consenting to use these tools that they've spent millions of dollars developing um, and just endless hours there. But no, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Th- Alex, thank you for the uh, for the tech discussion. No um, I, we, we really appreciate that. So moving on to kind of a hot topic um, in the news lately is college athletes getting paid. So I think that um, recently, or I know recently, California passed a law um, saying that college athletes in the state of California are going to be able to benefit off their likeness. 
And that means that they'll basically be able to make money off of like Jersey sales and marketing stuff. And I've actually long argued for this um, in like papers that I wrote in college, because I think that this is the best way for players to be paid for what they're actually worth. Um, And I don't think that the schools or the NCAA should like pay them a salary. But I think that if Saquon Barkley wants to go sell his Jersey for $200, he should get to. Whereas uh, you know, the backup punter for a small school can probably not sell his jersey um, for as much money. So therefore, like the more popular players can obviously make more money um, because of their name. So I'm just curious, like Lucas and Alex, what are your guys thoughts on that? Just think about how many jerseys people have for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's a big name. And don't you think he should be given some money for the jersey sales for his name? I mean, I think it's absolutely absolutely. Well, here's I where mean, I'm at. Oh, you go, Molly. You go. No, no, no. All you. I mean, growing up, I was a huge Florida Gators fan. I had like 20 Tebow jerseys. <laughs> and I mean, I never really thought about it then, but he he made no money from my jersey sales. My, me buying his jersey just to rep his, his number and his name. I mean, I think it's only fair for athletes in college to get paid for that kind of stuff. Right, and in, instead, the NCAA makes a shit ton of money. I mean, you look at these TV deals, $10 billion for the CBS and Turner to, for, the, for March Madness. And you see these coaches getting millions of dollars, Nick Saban, John Calipari, ten, $5, 10000000 million in their contracts. The assistant coaches are making two hundred fifty to five hundred grand, and yet – they say that there's no money for the players. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that California has taken this step. And I, I really hope, like, for the athlete's sake that that this changes. Um, I'd actually love to have, like, in the future, I haven't even mentioned this to you guys, like, I'd love to have, like, some college athletes, like maybe some Penn State football players on to discuss this. Because, like, they're the ones going through it. And I think that they could obviously offer some really interesting perspectives. Yeah, yeah I think, I think that would be really interesting to have their take on the whole situation. I, I, my opinion on this lies relatively simple. I do think that they should get paid, especially for the likely likeness of the player. Um, but what I will say is that they shouldn't just be given a check. It should be like very regulated uh, by the NCAA or the school. It should be put into a trust trust where um, they like can't touch it until they get out of school. Just because I, I think that it enables like when you give a young player uh, regardless like regardless of age, honestly, like just young in general, like that type of money uh, I, right. and in a, a university setting, I think that there's a lot of issues that could like kind of lead that it could lead to. So I think that if it, it's regulated and it's put into like a trust type thing where, you know, it also sets these players up also like for after so that if um, for some reason they don't make it to the league, but they have quarter of a million dollars or a few million dollars in Jersey sales, from college, they really can kind of start their next chapter of life uh, and not have to struggle to pay for ramen. Right, right. Yeah, I feel that. All right, good stuff, boys. All right, so moving on to the concluding topic of the night, um, I kind of want to circle back to a topic that we talked about earlier, which is the end of this decade and the, and the start of a new decade. And I think that, um, you know, especially for people our age that just graduated and are kind of starting their their journeys in the real world. This is kind of a good time to to do some like self-reflection um, and just like think about um, where where they're at, where they want to be. 
So my question to both of you is, uh, you know, as we come to the end of 2019, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be right now, but just kind of like what 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 do you want to what do you want to be known for um, by the end? So I'll let you start, Alex. Um, I would say, you know, it's constantly evolving, but I want to leave a positive impact on society, uh, whether it be in the industry that I have a passion for um, or just overall. Um, I just think that like providing positivity and uh, just being happy. I, I would say that my legacy is that I just want to be comfortable and happy and uh, live a great life. Um, All right. Good shit. I'll, um, I'll go next. This is kind of a hard question for me. And I, I think that Alex, what you said just now is really true is that it's constantly evolving um, because, you know, just, just with life and it's many challenges, like my, my mind has kind of been racing all over the place recently, but I definitely agree. I mean, I just want to, focus on on giving back to others i mean i mean like something that my dad always says to me is like the greatest gift you can give to someone is helping someone that will never be able to repay you um because that is like such a powerful thing like doing something for someone and not expecting anything in return but just doing it you know out of the goodness of your heart and i try to i try to carry myself and and that mentality um uh on a daily basis and like alex i've said this to you like we'll like pull up to this city and i'll be like i'm buying someone coffee today like an absolute stranger like on the street um and you know it's just about like giving spreading out positivity and i'm a believer that if you do that and and if you live your life the right way then then good things will come to you um so that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at right now lucas do you want to add anything i know i know it's a little deep you don't have to yeah it's a really tough question and i mean i think i could go on for for hours about this but i would say like the thing that i live by is just like being happy even though i'm like not where i want to be right now like location wise or without my family i'm not really close to anyone i just got to keep my head high and you know uh being happy is something that i think is really important um just staying positive about life and having a positive outlook which is really important. So I would say uh, keeping myself happy, keeping my family and friends happy, and just spreading positivity throughout. That's right. kind of Abs- segueing off what Alex said, but you know, no, no, couple- you're absolutely. Uh, I think right. that's yeah. great. I think that was great, greatly said. Thank you. Um, all right, listeners, we uh, we really, com really, really, com members, social executives, on behalf of the social com, we really appreciate you guys listening and from the support that we've been getting. Um, this is, you know, a lot of fun for us and something that we really look forward to. And also, as I mentioned in the first, in the beginning of this podcast, um, this is the last podcast that is just going to be us three. And going forward, we are going to have some super fire guests on. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, we're, we're still kind of getting used to this whole podcast thing, but it really has been enjoyable for us. And, uh, and we really appreciate everyone that listens. So stay tuned. Uh, and we are going to have a pretty fire, uh, guest on our next podcast. Does, uh, does anyone else have anything they want to say to sign off? Matt, Alex, have a great week. You guys too. And, uh, we will stay focused. Three more, three to four more weeks to 2019. Let's end on a high note. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later, boys. Have a great night.